Listeners, welcome back to another episode of the Business of Wellness. I'm using a new mic and setup today. So tell me what you think. (laughs) Hopefully you're hearing me right now and this is working for you. Um, I have a fantastic guest today. We recorded this just before the new year. Her name is Kristen Hong. She is the author of Fridge Love, sort of like the home edit for fridge and kitchen organization. And she really speaks to the idea of optimizing your home, your physical environment for a healthier, um, more successful overall uh, adaptation of healthy habit formation. It's such an interesting conversation. We really get into a lot of the topics surrounding recipe content online. What is the current state of recipe content? What does it mean to be someone who doesn't necessarily use recipes? Where is there a need for increased content creation from so many healthcare providers and from so many food and nutrition professionals that speaks to people on a more kind of human level? And and what are some of the tools that she uses, how she is setting up her own content to provide some of these needs for so many of us? So I think there's just a lot to get out of this conversation. We also talk about things like storage and appliances and some very kind of nitty gritty hardware of it all. Um, So I think you're going to have a great time listening to her. She is um, a fantastic resource. And I think that there's just so much to gain from the book itself. Again, the book is called Fridge Love. You can find it wherever books are sold. And you can find Kristen on Instagram at Hello Nutritarian. I'm going to have that linked for you in the episode notes today. And of course, my favorite people, my very brilliant, very savvy listeners, please, if you like today's episode, if you have questions about today's episode, if there's something that you're not hearing from this podcast that you would like to hear more of, please go ahead and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, I would be beyond grateful. Of course, you can follow me on all social platforms at Jacqueline London RD and on TikTok at Jacqueline London. And for now, let's get to our interview with Kristen. I've got a fridge over here and a fridge over here. And then I have my little pantry cart over here. So um, yeah, I live literally in a little studio. So the family is learning to roll with it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so you so you live in between two refrigerators also is what I'm hearing. I, I mean live, like there's something... I live in a bunch of fridges. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's how much I I live this. <laughs> this is how the book was born. This is how it was born, yes. right? Like you were like, here I am. I'm stuck between two refrigerators. And now I just need to figure out what to do. I mean, what a genius. <laughs> That's genius. You know, well, I will say I didn't have all these fridges before. When I signed the contract for the book, I really it was super important for me to show all the different the three main types of configure configurations because so many times when I would share my French door fridge on social media, people would say, "Oh, well that's easy because of the way that that's spaced." You know, I have a side-by-side and that would never work for me. So when I wrote the book, I really wanted to show that yes, each of the configurations, it can work for you too. So, but now I'm at a point where I have all these brand collaborations and projects and it's, I thought it would be rid of these fridges or have donated them by now. And they're still here. My God. I love that so much. Wait, I love that so much, but I want to get back to this because I love that. That's the, I I mean, I love it. And also I'm like, what's going on in the world that that's the feedback that you got that people are like, wait, that configuration of fridge wouldn't work for me. Wait, before we even get into that, 
because I am definitely not forgetting about it. But I want you to tell I want you to tell our listeners first about Fridge Love because I am obsessed with this book. I'm sitting in front of it. I've got to hold it up so that anyone Yay. that's watching online can actually see it. It's so fantastic, but also I'm so blown away by this is the most satisfying cover book. Everything in here, like the photos in this book are so unbelievably satisfying. I also own, I want to say, and and like, this is the true lunatic in me is that I'm like, yes, those are the Rubbermaid Brilliance containers. I love those. I love those. I use them for everything because nothing else seems to be airtight. Another thing I want to talk to you about, but we'll get to that later. Let's tell our listeners about Fridge Love first. Okay. So I am a health blogger. I have a blog called Hello Nutritarian. And I started meal prepping back in 2016. And it was because the rest of my family doesn't eat this way. And I realized soon enough that if I didn't prepare, you know, it wasn't going to convert into something I could do long term. So I started meal prepping. And on Instagram, I would share pictures of my fridges. And it just really took off and it became very popular. And on Instagram, a lot of people started following me who were not into the the nutritarian diet, they really were there for the fridges. And over time, as I kept sharing fridges, I would get a lot of questions like, well, how are you able to store, you know, cut strawberries like that? Like when I do that, they turn super slimy, they go bad right away. How are you storing your lettuce? So lots of food storage questions. And for a while, I thought, oh, maybe I'll like write a blog post about this. And then I was like, wow, that is going to be a really daunting blog post. And then um, in 2020, no, 2019, uh, an agent reached out to me and she's like, have you ever thought about writing a cookbook? And I was like, well, I don't really want to write a cookbook. I had just done something for my blog, a a big recipe project for a program. And I was like, but I do want to write a food storage guide because of all the questions I've been asked on Instagram. And so we kind of, you know, put together this unique cookbook proposal where I could fit all of that information I really wanted to get in there and also include recipes for each stage of what you might be wanting to do with your fridge. So there's tons of food storage, there's background on how your fridge works, and then there's also awesome recipes and meal prepping guidance if that's the way you want to go. God, I just want to make a bold statement here and say that if you like anything to do with the home edit, or if you've ever watched a single thing from the home edit, or if you feel very satisfied as I do by organizing anything, a drawer, maybe, maybe a fridge, but definitely a drawer. If you're just dipping a toe into the space, (laughs) then you're going to lose your mind over how great this book is. But I, I really, I think it is, I'm so glad you said that about feeling like you did not necessarily want to write a cookbook. Like you had just finished with that. You, you were finding that actually the entry point and that the interest in your community was about the, the fridge, about the storage, about the preparation, about all of the things that go into cooking. And I want to hear more from you on that because I actually, this really, this really, touches or taps into a theory I have that's sort of like been developing, right? We're missing this in a big way from the way that probably both of us came into food and nutrition at all, which is that a lot of people come 
use recipes as an entry point, but that may or may not be how you live your everyday life. I use recipes for holidays. Most, like if I'm trying something new. That's true. But I don't, right? But like uh, for every day, it wouldn't really, I maybe occasionally if I stumbled on something and I'm like, oh, I really want to try that dip or that sauce or whatever it is. <clears throat> but it's not usually like a big main meal. So so anyway, so that's just, that's just, that's honestly just personal experience. But tell me, tell me what you think about that idea and like the, the questions, the type of questions that you'll get on Instagram. Cause I feel like that's the most fascinating part to me. Well, first of all, I think what you're talking about is a type of person that I feel like I am also, which is somebody who just puts things together in the kitchen. Yes. I really yes. feel like there's distinct styles here where there's people who love recipes and following recipes. And then there's those of us who are really trying to, you know, feel our way through yes. uh, our food. And that's always been the way I have. And I mean, I did learn recipes from my mom, my parents, and my grandparents. Um, but it, I always was wanting to do my own thing. So yeah. it, it writing recipes as a blogger and, you know, it's all been a challenge because I have that side of me when I'm in the kitchen, but it has been super rewarding for people who have tried specific recipes, even nutritarian recipes, and then been won over by them. Because one thing I will say about like such a niche like that yeah. is that, you know, most people don't know how to make something like that taste good because it is so restrictive. Um, so that has been something nice that's happened. Like I said, my, my audience is kind of in two silos, like my blog, where it's mostly nutritarian content, and then on Instagram, where it's predominantly people following me for fridge content. So it's this was my I always say this book is for my Instagram audience, yeah. because it covers all the questions that I've received over the years. And it was so much fun to actually learn the science, the food science behind what was happening, which was just colloquial evidence that I had gotten through the years doing my own thing and then trying to see like why is there this difference between my practices and how much storage life I'm getting from mine versus somebody who lives in another part of the country with a different climate with a different circumstance their ambient circumstances so it was really helpful for me to do the research on that and finally figure out. And what you saw when you opened the book was the the 10 freshness factors, which will explain to anyone where you kind of are on the spectrum, um, which I think has been the missing link on food storage in general, because you'll go online and you'll see like these cute little infographics telling you where to put things in your fridge, which could totally, you could totally have more free reign than that, depending on the fridge you have. And also those other conditions, those freshness factors where you fall there. So it's been fun to like, finally solve this. <laughs> I mean, I am, I am in this fridge. I'm in the fridge community, which honestly, I'm very proud of. <laughs> I feel proud to be there, but tell me for, tell us a little bit about Nutritarian and, and where that started and how you got your start in developing recipes. Definitely. So I was pregnant with my second, who's now 10. Oh my and God. my mom came to visit and she just looked so amazing. Like I always say that she looked like she reverse aged like a decade or more. Oh and I was just like, what did you do? You know, and I was super pregnant and 
she was just telling me that my dad had found Dr. Joel Furman on a PBS special and he kind of sat with his legal pad and just jotted down like the parameters of his nutritarian lifestyle, which is just focused on instead of thinking of the macros or the calories in a certain food, you try to your foods based on the nutrient content. And then he also adds in things like you want to have less sodium in the diet and you want to not cook with oils. So it was definitely different for my family because my dad is Cuban and olive oil was like, like a sacred ingredient. So it was, it was crazy to wrap your head around it. But I remember reading the book while I was eating a big bag of chips and I was like, wow, you know, this is really like, but I was pregnant and I was like, okay, when my daughter's six months, I'm going to give this a try. I'm going to do the six weeks. And I start, I had a, like a mom's crafting blog at the time. And I just started kind of keeping a journal of my six week journey. And then really quickly, it became the most popular content on my site. And then luckily I fell in love, like with the energy I had gotten from this lifestyle and like a vibrance and vitality and kind of an easiness around food that I had not had in my life because I had struggled with, you know, binge eating, emotional eating and food addiction, like self-diagnosed. So I was falling in love with this lifestyle at the same time. And I just kind of kept going with it, creating recipes that I liked and sharing it on my blog. And then a few years later, I converted fully into the Nutritarian website and content. And then, um, as I said, I started meal prepping and then it kind of had this offshoot of fridge organization and food storage, um, which brought us to fridge love, which kind of like ties everything in together. Wow. I love that that entire, um, and, and certainly from, from your description and from what I, what I'm gathering from you and from what I know about Dr. Furman is that it is very much aligned to the idea of inclusivity and from choosing ingredients that are both nutrient dense, but also delicious and easy to work with. And when I say easy, I really mean simple, like straightforward things that are really whole food first, using simpler ingredients and finding different ways to use them in ways that really maximize flavor and versatility. So I feel like what a natural and and perfect step for you to have next of being like, this is how this evolved into food storage. Now it's going to be total food storage. Wow. So interesting. And such an interesting background and such an interesting way in. And I love that you had your own experience with it and that the content kind of grew from your experimentation with the content and with the actual, um, cooking experience. I feel like that's, that's such a, that's such a unique way to come in to food in the best way, right? Like it's not, it feels like the kind of thing that we talk about is like, oh, there's lots of blogs out there, but that's not really, there's a lot, there's certainly not many successful blogs like yours. I mean, this is like, it's like a really, really amazing way to, um, to have a personal experience that grows into a brand, but really a business and a brand. I mean, I, I feel like there's just so much potential for that. And, and this is uh, clearly, clearly the first of many manifestations of it. Well, I told, I tell everyone, like, this is the only cookbook I'm writing. It's, I wanted it to be a magnum opus. I put so much into it. It really is like three books into one, but I just wanted to, 
put as much value into it as possible so that it's just an evergreen resource that everyone can keep in their kitchen. The only thing now is that I'm learning because I'm into this. So I'm experimenting with new ways of storing things. So at some point I want to update well, this is yes. another thing that I've learned that works, you know? Right, so right. that's why Instagram's great because you can update things right away as you're learning it. Right. So, um, but yeah, I really wanted this to marry. And when you, when I talk about my journey, it was very organic right. and I've been very lucky to just share what I'm experiencing and that it's actually helping people and it's landing with people. And the fridge part now I feel like is what I'm most excited about. And I've kind of really gone into the fridge niche yeah. Um, even more because the cookbook is not all nutritarian recipes. It's about qu- a quarter of the recipes are nutritarian. And then since the rest of my family doesn't eat that way, I really tried to kind of make it nearly nutritarian. But then my family was just loving it because just by adding some salt or oil here and there sparingly, you win over hearts and minds. And even with my own friends, I never try to push my lifestyle on anyone. And over the years, they've been like, you know, I started eating a big salad because my cholesterol was getting higher and it lowered it. And I'm like, to me, those are the best wins because it's an actionable thing that can have a real health impact. So I I don't like to preach anything. You know, it's like, this is what I do. I love it for me, but I feel like there's so much diversity and what works for people. A thousand percent, a thousand percent. And yet our unifying force is our refrigerator. Okay. okay. I love it. <laughs> and yet we're all, we're all in this together because we yes. all need a fridge. I've been thinking about this since we were, since we were introduced on Instagram, but also, but also just in the course of this conversation, cause I'm, I'm dying to ask you this question. Like it, let's say it's a typical Thursday. <laughs> yes. And you get a few, you check the DMs and you're like, okay, there's going to be at least three questions about X or, or you're looking at a post and you're like, okay, I want to get back to some people who asked me a question about why, what are the most common questions that you get asked and, and how do they come up and where are they coming from? So recent I've got like a bias in there and I don't know what the bias even is I just it's like I'm sorry I've got to take that out Jackie control it okay tell me tell me (laughs) what I have found recently which is different than what it used to be like back in like 2017 2018 time was a lot of people are just wanting to know about containers Mm. and like what container is that what um, turntable lazy Susan is that like, what rack is that? So it's, it's morphed in the recent time in the past, like two years. But before that, when my content was really focused on, you know, meal prep storage in my fridge, it was always about, you know, lettuce, Mm. which is why I have literally, I think like seven pages on lettuce in my food storage guide. Um, So lettuce is always an issue. And then I would also get asked about fresh herbs and berries. Like those are the big pain points for food storage specific items that people ask about. And then also I get asked, um, how do you eat all that food? And, you know, like the people who are mad and like, 
there's no way you can have your fridge look like that with a family. And you know, all you get all of that too, uh, you know, where you feel like you kind of have to defend yourself or, well, of course it's easy for her. She has so many fridges, but guess what? I only got these when I started writing right. my book. Like I really right. just lived off the one fridge. So it's, you know, you gotta be, you gotta put on your, um, diplomatic hat and just be like, you know, this is my experience. But, you know, a single person, yeah, they're not going to eat a whole fridge full of meal prep stuff in a week. But me with my husband and my kids, we're going to go through it probably before the end of the week. So, you know, it's, it's that kind of stuff. Right. So <laughs> in, let's go back to the comment. <laughs> what's so the comment was, how do you like, of course, yours looks nice because you have the fridge with the, the French doors. That was the comment. Yes. Exactly. Well, they also said you can store more food in that fridge than I would be able to in a side by side, which there is some truth to that. And I break down the percentage of space mm. in each configuration, meaning freezer versus fresh. Okay. And there are slight differences in each model. So yes, the French door does have a lot of space for fresh food, you know, really? but yes, but if you're using like a side-by-side -side and you're utilizing vertical space, you yeah. can get the same exact amount of food because I've literally done it from one fridge to the other. And I think I need to make a reel on this where I yes. literally, you can actually see me like walking <laughs> and like placing the that. exact same thing. Yes. <laughs> so the French doors, the French door style was maximized for fresh ingredients Yes. So it's, you know, you have a little less percentage of freezer space yeah. than you would in a side-by-side -side. because a side-by-side -side, you right. have that whole column right, right. of freezer space. But I will say this, I started with my French door fridge and we got like the nicest French door fridge we could because when we bought this home, our very first home, yeah. we we're like, the kitchen is tiny. It's a galley kitchen. And we we're like, we realized we would never be able to redo it right away, you know? Yeah. So we are like, let's just get the coolest fridge ever. So my husband and I went to Home Depot and we opened oh. this one and it felt like a disco. And I was like, that's the fridge. That's, and it was the disco just, fridge. Yes. it's the disco that's fridge. It. And so, but this side-by-side -side fridge I got for the book, I absolutely love. And that's another reason why I haven't been able to get rid of these extra fridges because I love each one of them. And people ask me all the time, what is your favorite fridge? Yes. And I literally, I know I sound like, you know, no one wants to hear this, but I love all of them. <laughs> it's like a mom. <laughs> You're like, I can't choose. I'm not going to choose. I don't have a favorite. They all have their they own They all use. have strengths. They all have wow. their own strengths. And as a tall person, I really love having a freezer. I'm, I'm 6'1". So having a freezer where I'm like eye level, I actually like that too. So I, it's really hard to have a favorite. I really feel like the best fridge for you is when you think about what do you like your height? What do you want to see when you first open the doors? Like, what are you using most of? Some people really use a lot from their freezer. I use a lot from my fresh space. So, you know, wow. you, you can think of those kinds of things when you're thinking about it. But some people like to villainize side by side fridges. And I know they're challenging because of the vertical space, but when you get some good containers, like those brilliance yes. containers, you know, that's a great solution for a side-by-side -side fridge. So really like you want a fridge that kind of meets your physical nature or like the, the physical, totally. the physicality of your entire household. That's so helpful to figuring out what actually is going to be eye level to you. I feel like I've given that advice so much in my career of being like, 
shoot, you know, have things at, at eye level for, for your kids or have things at eye level for you or have things that, you know, are easy to reach and easy to spot immediately when you're opening the fridge. And to think about it from that perspective, that actually it could really matter how tall are you and how tall is that fridge? <laughs> that it's really like, that makes a huge difference. So interesting. What? Yeah. So, so I know we, so we're both fans of the brilliance, but here's the thing, Kristen, I feel like my entire, like my entire storage situation, I'm now wondering, like, could I be doing better? Like, is there anything I'm missing out on that's better? I like the brilliance. I feel like they're, they're great. I have a zillion of them. I discovered them when I was at Good Housekeeping. I do not I, this is not a sponsored by Rubbermaid podcast, but it, I know. Could, be, it could be Rubbermaid if you're listening. <laughs> it could be. I mean, what can't they, like I put, I made a soup the other day that honestly, I've got to say, it's really good. It's a really good one. And I did use a recipe for it. And the recipe was from the New York times, I will say, but it's nice. a tomato Parmesan soup. It is so good. It just gets better Yum. with time. So it's got to stay in the fridge and I've got it in the brilliance containers. Here's the, here's the only thing. The containers have kind of taken on mm. a smell yeah. <laughs> that stays. And I don't know quite what to do about that. Is there anything, what can I do about that? Okay. So you are using the plastic Rubbermaid Brilliance, yes, I right? Use the glass. I knew you were going to say yeah. that. Damn so, it. but the plastic is really good in the freezer, in my yes, opinion. It is. So uh, like all my ice cream is in it. Yes. Yes. So like you, wow. yeah, you could have a few glass pieces that are specifically for your pasta yes. sauces and your soups. You don't have to go full. You know what I mean? Cause yes. it's a really good plastic, um, food storage container. Wow. So you don't have to go all the way, but if you are finding that, and then the other thing too, with soups specifically if it's not going in a glass, you literally yeah. have to let it cool completely yes. yes, because of the impact it has in your fridge and on your containers over time, mm -hmm. especially plastic containers. So that could be one of the things too. But you know, the truth is tomato sauces are just, it's, it's one of those things yeah. that's hard to deal with. <laughs> There's going to be, you pay a price yes. with your storage containers. Like there's no way around it. But I have found that glass just doesn't have the odor problems yes. and discoloration problems as plastic. Do you think that there, like, are there a few things that a lot of us are missing when it comes to actually storing ingredients? Like, are there a few things that keep coming up over and over again for you with your audience on Instagram, wherever in, in any, like, are there buckets of topics that we're kind of either getting wrong, mistakes we're making, yeah, you know, I think the biggest thing is stop putting your produce exclusively yes. in the produce drawer because that is where food waste is happening when you really yeah. come down to it. And it's merely because we're forgetting and right. like more than ever with all the distractions we have in our way of life. Yeah, you're if it's not right in front of your nose reminding you, you're just not going to eat it. So like my whole thing for the, the first goal I have in the book is a fresh fridge goal, which is 15 minutes a week after you get your groceries and you're kind of going to organize your fridge, try to organize it, pull everything that you want to be eating more of out of those crisper bins, stand them upright in jars, use old spaghetti jars. They're so perfect. And I've done the testing and they will last 
just as long as a mason jar, the food inside. So start with recycling old spaghetti jars, put your head of romaine lettuce in there, your celery in those and put them in the the place that you open your fridge and see first. And you're going to start minimizing, reducing your food waste in an easy way. And I kind of talk about in the book is you want to create a showcase in your fridge that inspires you to eat at home and to eat healthy, you know, because nothing's worse than opening your fridge and just it's, it does, it just makes you feel bad. And then what's, what happens? You're on the phone with, you know, Uber Eats and because it's too easy now. So you really have to set yourself up to be like, I really want to eat these foods. And this is an easy way that I can showcase them for myself. I love it. it's like having an at-home Pinterest board with but without yeah, necessarily I the love like that. right. It's like a a pre-curation guy. I think so much of the stigma or the um I don't want to say misinformation because I'm so tired of that word, but also but yes. just the the general like the the lack of uh, of understanding, I guess I'll say the lack of understanding about how eating well is also about eating delicious food that you really enjoy and having those ingredients on hand is the perfect way to kind of show that to yourself or demonstrate that to yourself. And I I think that gets lost so much because all of these things are hidden in plain sight. And then of course we're turning to things like the Uber Eats, like you said, but there's also the, the turning to social media and typing in keto diet because you just had a doctor's appointment and someone said, you know, like, and your doctor was like, well, I'd I'd love to see your blood sugar come down a little bit. And you think, all right, well, I'm just going to cut out all these carbs. And so then you turn to sources of information that honestly aren't sustainable or, uh, and also aren't sustainable because they're so joyless, right? Like, so I think that's such (laughs) a really like important point. I mean, we want food to be joy and nourishment and those two things have to exist together. Um, Yes. I love that. I really love that because so many people who, who really enjoy the fridge content, they find it inspiring. And so what I wanted to do with the book is to help you get inspired by your own fridge, however it looks, whatever age it is, like the fridge you have right now can be made better by what you decide to put in it and how you arrange it. So I agree with that. It's, it's a way of bringing joy into your life. Um, and also self-care is what I, the, the self-love was what I went yeah. for. But I really love your your joy take because it really is like that. You get you open your fridge and you see all the beautiful ingredients that you want to be eating that you know are going to make you feel good. Yeah. And then you're more inspired to want to cook with them 100%. and use them or throw like something in your salad or throw something on top of your soup. Like just get more stuff in there. And it's a very easy way of first step in that's not overwhelming. Yes. Something before I want to come back to also, which is about how you'll do meal prep for the weekend that sometimes you'll have these ingredients in there and your, um, and your family will go through those before the week is up. Let's discuss, are there any, are you, do you, do you ever go out if so, how frequently? And also what happens when you run out of those ingredients? Are you going back to the supermarket or is that when you're like, it's time, it's time for the Uber Eats. We're doing it. (laughs) (laughs) So my kids, you know, I don't eat meat. Mm -hmm. Like I, there's nutritarians who do, 
my mom and dad are those type, but I enjoy a plant-based style. So my kids, a lot of the meats I have frozen in the freezer. So I cook for my family on demand, but we all share like pre-cut produce and fruits. And like, if I make overnight oats or, you know, frozen oatmeal bowls and stuff like that, I will prep certain items for them or snacks like the fridge bites or my husband. Now he has favorites from the cookbook. So I can actually prep stuff for him too, that he enjoys. So when I say that we go through everything, we, I know the rhythm of our family, which is the berries and the good fruits are going to be gone early, you know, (laughs) but then I've got backup oranges and apples. So like the stuff that's easier for my kids to grab is going to be gone first, you know? So we have redundancy and we have backups on that. And then their stuff that I'm cooking on demand for dinners is stuff that I can, you know, I have potatoes, I have chicken, I can make that for them easily, you know? So I at least know that I'm covered. And then we try to eat out only once a week if sometimes we skip that. And when my family eats out a lot of times, I have my own stuff that I'll be eating unless it's something we, you know, or we're out on vacation or on a trip or something. But um, even when I go on trips now, I'm such, (laughs) I'm just such a meal prepper that I'll bring stuff, you know, because even if you only have a fridge in your room, hotel room and a microwave, you can still bring a lot of stuff. And um, so, yeah, we've just fallen into a rhythm and uh, it works for us. And I kind of know, like I explained in the book, the things that can last forever. Like if I have red cabbage towards the end of the week, if everyone's been eating a lot of the salad bar prep, I know that I can throw together a quick salad with red cabbage shredded with carrots, like things that last a long time. So what I'm eating at the end of the week, especially if it's a week where a lot, like the family has really, you know, eaten a lot of what I've prepped then I know the things that I have in the fridge that last the longest. And I share that in the book so that people can kind of fall into that same rhythm. Cause I don't like going to the grocery store more than I have to. Like, I really prefer going once a week unless I'm like recipe testing or doing a certain project. And then I have to go more, but in normal life, I even will stretch it sometimes to 10 days just because I like, I, I, I like the challenge. (laughs) Yeah. Do you have an approach to grocery shopping. What do you have an approach that is like, this is for me and my family. And this is, it's going to be different for recipe testing. Or is it like, this is my strategy. I'm going here first. I'm going there. I'm going here. And it's going to take me half an hour or less. Or like, what, what's the, what's the time frame? also? I'd love to know. That. So when I started writing the book and I got the extra fridge space, yeah. it really freed things up for me. Cause before it was very challenging. Like you know, having a special project that I wanted to shoot with our family fridge, I would literally have to use my cooler, which I do advise for people when they're doing a deep cleaning of their fridge. It's a great tip. Um, But it's not sustainable when you have to do it over a period of two days or something. So what I do now is we do our family grocery shopping, I hit like we go to like three stores. Yes. And then in the summertime, I go to the the farmer's market. But that's just because I also love Love it. it. Yeah. So you know, I go places I like getting um, things, even if it's a little bit out of the way, I'll go to that store for certain items. And then when I'm doing a project, or I'm 
recipe testing, I will go separately and do that. And I have the luxury of working from home. So that's not a problem. And I live near all of the grocery stores. They're not far. So I can pop over and get something specifically for that because otherwise it gets daunting to have like all these different lists. But like doing the family stuff has become much easier because, you know, you have that the rotation of dishes that you're making. And so you just kind of know, you know, over time in the beginning, it's hard because and that's why I recommend in the book, if you are going to start meal prepping to start with recipes, you already know how to make. Mm. Don't start like, well, I'm going to make like this really healthy dish because I'm meal prepping now. You actually have to get yourself in the rhythm of meal prepping what you already know. And then you can get into things that are different because it's a batch cooking is its own thing, you know, and, and there is an order of things. And I am trying to create some special content for people who buy the book. I want to do um, at the beginning of next year, kind of where I can demonstrate to you how to batch cook like several recipes from the book and kind of you put it set up for the week in your fridge because, you know, we had a page limit. And there's yes. only so much that I can oh, stuff in that book. It. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. Okay. Wait, I'd love to ask authors this question because I feel like there's so much I would say if someone were to ask me this, but I, because of the page limit, what, is there anything, what do you think got, is there something that like got left in an editing room somewhere, an editing computer, if you will, that, um, that you still think about or that you would want to share here with with our audience like it like what would you want to bring back if you could resurrect something well my editor was so good I mean she really helped me make this the best that it could be she was very smart about thinking of what the end user is going to find helpful and because she wasn't from this world you know it was great to have an outside eye One thing I know is when I gave my produce guide, which is the middle of the book, Mm -hmm. and I think it's 79 pages. When I wrote it, it was like 300 pages, just that part. And that was because I I went through each, I I went through each vegetable and kind of like talked about the history and talked about the nutritional profile. So when we sat together, you know, through zoom and we were talking about edits, she's like, because we have a page limit, we want to keep this an affordable resource as a guide. You know, we can't include those beginning parts, you know, let's just get right into how to store it. And I think that was the right way to go. Now, getting feedback from people after they've bought the book and use the book, and they everyone has really had great feedback um, on saying that it's helpful for them. But then a lot of people wanted more of an organization guide which would have been more pictures of like setups, which because this was a cookbook, I couldn't go so far in that direction. Um, But I feel like my content on social media, my blog supplements it enough where if that's something you're really into the organization aspect, you can find stuff there. So, you know, as I said, I don't have plans of writing another book because it was such a daunting experience. But, um, you know, that's the stuff I think about, um, the organization side and, but I'm so happy about what I got in there because the produce guide to me was what needed to be in the world more than anything. Amazing. 
That's amazing. I So the produce guide is great because I kind of give you the seasonality of the produce. Then I give shopping tips of how to pick the most fresh looking items. And then I go into all the different storage that you can do. And it was really important for me to give timeframes for chopped produce and whole produce. Yes. Because one of the goals in the book is the chopped fridge where you take the time to take your produce for the week and chop up as much as it that you can so yeah. that when you're cooking during the week, it just makes everything go faster. And that is my default level of preparation when I'm not able to do a full meal prep fridge because it just makes your life so dang easy. Yeah, I could <laughs> it not makes agree with that more. Throwing yes. things together very, very easy. Um, so those, so that is what the produce prep guide is about is just, I, I envisioned it as people coming home from the grocery store, looking up like, you know, a iceberg lettuce and being like, okay, this is how I'm going to store this, you know? Yes. And I really wanted it to be useful. So, okay. So this is my, so this is my other question on that. Ultimately, there's some degree of like, I need to know how I'm going to use this exactly like depending yeah. on the type of produce right so you can slice up apples and there's a million different ways you could use them starting with what you already like and what's comfortable for you and then like gradually trying or experimenting with one or two new things as you feel ready and comfortable if someone said to you um i i feel like i want to get started with or i read fridge love and i loved it and now i want to get started like what what would be, what's like, what's your kind of go-to biggest tip of where to start? Like just with something, yeah. just with kind of like getting organized. Is it, does it start with a clean out or do you need to, you yeah. don't have to go there? Okay. It does. Tell us. I think it starts with the clean out because you want to create space for new things. Mm. And a lot of times you, like I talk about in the book, you have to really look at your fridge with a fresh perspective and be like, what yes. do I want more of? And what am I going to sacrifice to get that space so I can yes. have more of that? And I think a lot of that comes, you know, even just sodas and, you know, sparkling waters oh in God. cans. I'm if, gonna if show you, you my fridge. It's mostly sparkling waters. <laughs> but I know that you have tons of awesome stuff in your fridge too. This is for someone where right. Right. they don't have space. You I know, was projecting. I was projecting onto this imaginary person. I'm sorry, listeners. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. And the other thing is, I don't judge anything I in know. anybody's I fridge. That. I love. You that. know what I mean? Like, I, my husband and son are addicted to Waterloo, and they are in our fridge, and they're beautiful. Like that. That's a plus. They but are. They really you, are pretty. Good for you. They guys, are. Waterloo. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So, and I much rather my 13 year old son be drinking Waterloo than Cokes, you know, yes. like, so I'm all aboard. Right. And, but, you know, we have to figure out, like, we have to balance like the things we want with that. So one, one piece of advice is like, if you have a lot of space for beverage yeah. is to just, yeah, you're going to have to put more beverages in to be cooled. That will be different, but then you can use that space to add those spaghetti sauce, rainbow salad jars we're talking about that are going to have a big impact on you weekly. Mm. And so it's like, you can think with a clean out, what can I change so that I can get more space and just the act of cleaning something like kind of draws your focus to that. 
And it's just a good practice to do. And, uh, and when you go through condiments, even for me, you're going to find like old condiments that you haven't used in like two years that are expired, like from before the pandemic. And you can get rid of that and have that space. A lot of people think like your fridge doors, you can't store stuff on them. But I go through in the book, like the situations where you absolutely can, um, especially with the more modern fridges, um, that you can store tons of stuff. A, a great thing to store in your door storage is fresh herbs. And you can put them in little jars, like even like mustard jars that you clean up or jelly jars. You can fit them in that, tent them with either like the same plastic bag you buy them at the store with, or you can do a silicon reusable bag. Um, you can use those on your door storage because it's a more humid environment that herbs like. Mm. So like you don't have to just have condiments there. You know, you can really put things in different places when you go through and read the the produce storage. I give all of those tips in there. Um, and that way, if you are cleaning out condiment space, you can use it for other things, other storage of fresh items, fresh produce. So clean out your fridge. Um, unless it's the dead of summer and you live in Arizona or Miami or Hawaii, then I don't say do a deep clean, but do a deep clean where you pull out as much as you can. Yeah. You clean out everything. Take a picture of how things go back in. Because oh. one time I got in a pickle like where I took out so much right. of like the interior of a fridge and then I forgot how it went back in. <laughs> um, so I definitely recommend that. And then have a cooler to store stuff in and just get a lay of the land and then be a little bit more, a tiny bit more intentional when you're putting stuff back in so that you can be like, I really want to create space for this. Like I'm going to do an in-fridge salad bar this week and I want to create space for that. If that sounds overwhelming, because there's all different types of people. Some people are gung ho, they get all the new stuff, they do it and then they're off and running. Mm -hmm. And then other people, it's more intimidating and you need to take a different approach, which is one shelf at a time. Yeah. Just start with one shelf and yes. have that in order. And then after a week or two of that, go to the next one. Like you have to know yourself yeah. and then, you know, don't push yourself so hard in this area. For me, it was very organic. When I started, I had like the cheapest plastic containers and I even, we had like hummus containers from like a stack of them from Costco and I just cleaned them out and like stored, like cut berries and grapes in there when I was first starting out and I didn't start buying food storage sets and nice stuff until I had been prepping for like several months and I was like okay this is something I'm actually converting into my life now I can go get stuff yeah. you know but then there's other people who really need that instant inspiration. Yeah. And there's no shame in this like if that if you know that if you get it looking aesthetically in that way, it's going to fuel you, then that's the way to go too. Are there any pantry snacks that you still keep on hand despite, despite the, all of the work that you have done for Fridge Love and all of the work that you've done for recipe development and for the blog? Like, are there still like, you're like, I love Tostitos Dipping <laughs> chips or what? <laughs> you know, chips are my chips are my spirit animal. Love yes. like chips are so. It's hard for me with chips. Like lead me down a road. But Lara bars are probably mm -hmm. one of the things that 
I love having on hand because I can grab it, put it in my yes. purse. I love the ingredients they use and it's super, you know, super whole food yes. um, snack. And luckily now, I think because I've exposed my kids to them for so long, they finally like them. It's been 13 years, but we made it. <laughs> It's true. So now like everybody has a Lara bar they like. So that's something I always have in the pantry. But then there's this recipe in my book called Fridge Bites that my whole family loves. And it's kind of a take on Lara bar, but not as heavy in the nuts. Like I use some oats in there to kind of, um, you know, bulk it out a little bit without so much nuts. 